What's up, everybody? It's Isabella. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. You are listening to Slugcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that's common for people to think about at least once in their life, and it's a part of self-exploration that I would strongly encourage. When I first got to UCSC, that was the first time I was really exposed to people expressing their gender identities outside of the social binaries that we have, because I come from a more conservative part of the country. And this exploration really aligned with the experience I was hoping to find in college. That freedom to explore led me to realize that I identify as non-binary when it comes to my gender identity. And we can talk more about what that means later. But realizing your gender identity is one thing. However, owning that identity and sharing it with other people is a totally different thing. Even as I approach my last year at UCSC, I'm still learning how to accept my gender identity and I probably will be for a long time. Hopefully not too long. <laughs> I'd like to come to some point of self-acceptance. You know, that would be nice. <laughs> so I wanted to make a podcast for other people who are interested in exploring their gender identities at UCSC and how UCSC has created a safe space through the services they provide for non-binary people to express themselves. Today, I'll be talking briefly with Lane Lease, a CAPS counselor, about exploring non-binary gender identities in our academic setting. Students looking for more information and resources on this topic should check out the Lionel Cantu Queer Center webpage for resources like an all-gender campus bathroom list, how to access gender-affirming care at UCSC, and much more. I think a good place to start when understanding non-binary gender identities is understanding the language we use around it. Having a non-binary gender identity means different things for different people and there are different expressions within that blanket term. Being genderqueer, transgender, and gender non-conforming can all fall under the umbrella term that is non-binary gender identities and expressions. Essentially what being non-binary means is that a person experiences their gender outside of the binary in which society has constricted gender, exclusively male and female. I'd like to take a moment to clarify that a person's gender is different from their biological sex. A person's sex refers to the biological attributes of the body that make us male and female, while a person's gender identity is more based on the socially constructed roles and behaviors assigned to men and women. Exploring your gender identity is not always the eye-opening, freeing experience it's made out to be. There can be a lot of negative feelings that come with it too, and that experience is generally called gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is a feeling of discomfort people can experience when their personal connection to themselves through their gender identity is disrupted and made to feel uncomfortable due to the social norms that limit our gender expressions. I know personally I feel a lot of gender dysphoria when people use the wrong pronouns. I will say not everyone who is non-binary experiences gender dysphoria, but people can also experience gender euphoria, which is when, say, someone uses your preferred pronouns and you feel a sense of affirmation and validation in your gender experience. So a good question to ask then is how can we produce an academic space that shows inclusion of non-binary identities? Because gender identity is not something that we can visually understand about a person when we first meet them, ways we can be mindful of a person's gender is by asking them what their pronouns are. 
It's an easy way to start a conversation and an even easier way to show respect. Also recognizing that the world we live in is gendered, it may happen that through your friendship with someone you forget their pronouns or use the wrong ones. And I want to put it here that asking someone to use the right pronouns is not a personal attack. And there's no reason to be embarrassed if you get corrected. This is something we all need an open space to grow into, and it will get easier to use someone's correct pronouns the more you practice. Living in a binaried world, it's also hard at times to find spaces that are accepting of my gender identity. Finding gender-neutral bathrooms is getting easier, but they're not always accessible. The Trans and Non-Binary Advocacy Coalition at UCSC is a group of trans and non-binary students, staff, and faculty that recognize this and are working towards making our academic space a more inclusive one. TANAC is a group that meets kind of specifically to address where barriers are for trans and non-binary students and then try to address those to the best of our ability. Here I'm talking with Lane Lease, a case manager at UCSC's Counseling and Psychological Services, also known as CAPS. Lane works with TANAC to provide more resources to students about trans-inclusive housing, access to trans mental and physical health care, and transparency around name and pronoun documentation in our campus system. More information about TANAC can be found on the Cantu Queer Center website under the tab Trans at UCSC. Something I had failed to consider that my conversation with Lise really opened up for me is that people who seek out gender-affirming care may not identify as male or female, and historically, gender-affirming care has been carried out in a very binary way. I think that that's a, a way in which folks who are non-binary get nervous or feel a little left out sometimes is healthcare, I mean, historically to access care, somebody has had to say and prove that they specifically want to be the other gender, right? If even trans care was very much held in a binary framework. And so a lot of folks who are non-binary, but interested in working with the medical system for gender affirming care have concerns and, and in the past have sometimes been denied access to care because they didn't meet these specific criteria to fit inside another binary. And that's here, that's not true. That's not a framework that we hold. So then moving forward from questioning the ways in which we can be more inclusive of non-binary gender identities in our community, what does this have the potential to add to our academic space if we work to normalize gender neutral language? Oh man. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember a, a class where it was it was so intricate how this professor did not use pronouns and did not say binary genders, right? And and I don't think other people in the class, folks who are cisgender within binaries, noticed, but it stood out to me, right? It was like, wow, this is a different thing. I think if, if we were able to use inclusive language, people would not have to be constantly gauging for safety all the time, right? Because that's, that's often what we're doing is kind of like assessing. And when you just don't have to think about the safety or how you're going to guard yourself or all those things, I think it just would make space for um, non-binary and trans students to like really lean in to their education and what they contribute and open up a lot of thought space, right? Critical thinking and academics is huge. And the more space you have available to do that, the more awesomeness that's going to happen. 
I think the example Lane used was interesting because it shows that we use gender-neutral language all the time. We understand what gender-neutral language is, and it's possible to use it in our academic space, but it often goes unnoticed because it's language that's not accepted into our social norms. I'm here to say that gender-neutral language has a space in our academic setting. If we're able to undergo this process of personal growth to normalize gender-neutral language, then we can harbor an academic community in which everyone has the means to participate and succeed. I want people to know that there is a space for non-binary people at UCSC and in the world. We see you, we are here for you, and we support you. Thanks for staying tuned, and I hope you learned something from this podcast. Check back after spring break for some more awesome SluggCast content. Thank you.